One, two, three. Welcome to Highest Potential with Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores how Bob Jones University empowers individuals to reach their highest potential for God's glory. My name is Max Barak, and I'm here in the office of the president of Bob Jones University, Dr. Steve Pettit. Doc, you doing all right today? Well, Max, it has been a a tremendous uh, week at Bob Jones University with our Bible conference. So am am I doing okay? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing great. I'm just um, uh, again blown away by the the desire of our students to uh, make an impact in the world through uh, through our fundraising and our desire to serve the Lord and just their responsiveness to God's word as it was preached this week in our Bible conference. Our theme was the God of all comfort, and so Max, you're living here with the with the students, and you live in the dorms. Uh, give me a, a a big picture of what's been going on. It's exciting. Like you said, it's a very energetic atmosphere right now. I think as a senior being a part of four different Bible conferences now, this has definitely been the the most, uh, I guess, beneficial as far as raising funds. So we're excited, and I really uh, can't wait to see kind of how this energy keeps flowing on throughout the rest of the semester. Well, it's you know it's, it's a great thing for our student body to learn, and and for all of us to learn that you you get out of it what you put into it. Right. And there's been a lot put into this Bible conference, and one of the things that we're very thankful about is that we were able to have two uh, young ladies come and share their testimony here during the Bible conference. Uh, one was a, one is a senior at Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. Her name is Cheyenne Cottrell. And then we also were privileged to have Carol Ann Clemens. What makes them both unique is they have both lost their husbands in tragic accidents. And so we were we, we asked Carol Ann if she would be willing to come and join us here uh, and tell us her story about the death of her husband and then what it is that God has done in her life and what God is doing through her life. So we're just so thankful to have Carol Ann with us today. Well, I know the testimonies of both those young ladies were very encouraging to myself and many other of the students. And before we actually listen in with your discussion with Carol Ann, we're going to go ahead and mention to you that we have videoed all of the last week's sessions, and they're available to be watched on livestream.com slash BJU. Again, that's livestream.com slash BJU. Let's go ahead now and listen in with your interview with Carolyn. Well, today here on Highest Potential, we're so thankful to have with us Carol Ann Clemens. Carol Ann uh, was a, a student here at Bob Jones University, so I'm going to have her tell the story. So Carol Ann, really glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Thanks so much for letting me be here. I know you're in between uh, the rig- rigid schedule of the Aaron Coffey evangelistic <laughs> team. Yeah. And I know you're going to have to take off here tomorrow. She'll be uh, sharing her testimony in chapel, or not chapel, but in our um, Bible conference services tomorrow. But uh, Carol Ann, we, of course, know about the loss of your husband, Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. And I knew both of you um, from the time before you were married to your marriage till um, Matthew's entrance into heaven. So 
Uh, thanks for being with with me today. And uh, so let's just start. Tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you're from, how you your education. Okay. So I grew up in Alabama um, with a Christian family. I was homeschooled all the way through up until. Oh, you were one of those. Yeah, I was one of those. <laughs> But I feel like I'm pretty normal. So um, I was homeschooled all the way through up until coming to Bob Jones, um, where I got a degree in piano pedagogy, which is where I met Matt um, my freshman year. Actually, I had met him before, but we weren't really good friends until college. Our dads actually grew up together mm. in Alabama. So after we became a thing our freshman year, we kind of tried to tease people that it was um, a little bit arranged, but... Not really. It was our choice. So what, what was Matt's major? Do you remember? He started off as a Bible major his freshman year and then changed to a business administration major. So if you could describe Matt in personality, what oh, would you say? heavens. Mm, charismatic. That is true. <laughs> he was always laughing and he always loved to make people laugh. Yeah, I don't think I ever, I, I don't think I ever met him when he wasn't smiling. Correct. <laughs> and bouncing off the walls. Also yeah, correct. so a lot of different things. Well, I know y'all met, and uh, so you were actually student body president my first year here mm -hmm. at Bob Jones. So I just I remember that really really well because I remember our meetings and just uh, just the communication. And then you guys got married when? On July twenty fifth of twenty fifteen. So that was right after graduation. Mm -hmm. And then what did you do? What did you do right away? We joined um, Aaron and Stephanie Coffee with their evangelistic team right away. So we got married at the end of July, and as soon as we got back from our honeymoon, we jumped on the road with Aaron and Stephanie in August. And what was that like in the very start? Fantastic. I was, I had always wanted to travel since being a very little girl and having teams through my church. I loved the idea of being part of an evangelistic team. So I was thrilled to jump on the road and live out of a suitcase and meet new people and drive every single week to a new place. So I was, I kind of feel like I was living my dream, honestly. I know that's probably a little bit weird for some people to imagine. No, it I sounds was perfectly it. normal to me. <laughs> to you, yeah. So I loved getting to stay in people's homes and getting to experience the body of Christ in a much larger sense than I would have ever done otherwise, or just going back home to... You know, and, and so Matt and was, from my perspective, Matt was sort of a kid magnet. Yes. He, every single church I went to, he was never without a line of people everywhere he went asking him questions or kids crawling all over him. When we joined team, um, like I said earlier, I had a degree in piano. So one of my main roles on the team was to accompany most of the vocal music and Matt played violin, but they already had a violinist on the team. Mm. So he was handed the spoons to play along with our bluegrass nice, stuff. Very nice. And he honestly was a little upset that he wasn't handed a more um, prestigious instrument. Yeah, more important role. Yeah, a more important role. But to know Matt, he would just always carried rhythm wherever he went. He was always kind of working on his beatboxing skills and um, just lively yeah. personality. So um, I remember shortly into joining the team, playing the bluegrass music and trying to get under control, he told me, he's like, really, Carolyn, I was handed the spoons. Like, that's not cool at all. But like after one of our first Irish concerts, he literally had a line of people up to the platform wanting lessons on how to play the spoons. And he absolutely owned it after that and became 
quite proficient yes, I'm on sure, the spoons. Yes, yeah, so Matt, as I recall, had a little rhythm to him, so I think he a did. A little bit, he, yeah. He did great. So um, so how long into the marriage did y'all, when, before you found out you had a blessing coming? Six months. Six months in mm-hmm. and discovered you had a baby on the way. Yep. And that baby is Asa. Yep. And how old is Asa now? He is three now. Three years old. Yeah. So y'all traveled with um, uh, Aaron and Steph for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so Christmas of 2017. 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went home, which is in Decatur, Alabama. Mm-hmm. We were visiting my parents. In and Alabama. how long were you planning to stay there? Um, I think we were kind of staying with our parents for a couple of weeks at a time. So we had already been over to visit Matt's parents in Memphis and had just arrived at my parents' place in Alabama and were planning to stay there through the actual Christmas holiday. So uh, tell us what happened. Tell us, give us the, 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 the event of that day. Mm-hmm. So the week before Christmas on Sunday, um, Matt and I were getting ready and like usual running the last minute um, down to the wire on the way to church. And after we arrived at church, we both realized that we had forgotten our cell phones. Nothing new for me. I do that all the time. But we were supposed to be meeting up with my parents after the service. So we needed to be able to communicate with them. So Matt told me he would just zip on home to grab the phones and he could be back before the preaching started because our trailer was only parked about five minutes away from where we were attending church. Um, So he left in a hurry and we finished the song service and the preaching began and I felt like that had been plenty enough time for him to return. Didn't think a whole lot of it because like normal Matt, he was probably stuck in the lobby talking with someone he just, he didn't know how not to love on people. Yeah. Um, so I presumed he was just talking with someone, asking questions about him and, you know, digging into their lives. But when he didn't come in when the preaching started, that was not like him at all. So I borrowed my sister's phone and stepped out of the service to call him just to make sure that he was okay. I kind of had a, a feeling in the back of my mind. I don't, I don't know what it was sure. at the time, but... Um, a couple calls in when he wouldn't answer, my brother-in-law stepped out of the service and he came out on the phone and looked really serious and I could tell something wasn't good, but didn't know if it was related to, to me at all just yet. And as soon as he hung up the phone, all I heard at the time was they found your car. And so he grabbed me and my sister, put us in their car and we drove up the road. How far was it from the church? Um, a mile, maybe okay. a mile and a half. Um, so we drove up the road to see my car on its side. Several EMT vehicles were already there um, working on the car. I didn't understand at the time they were just trying to get the car upright to be able to get his body out. Um, but when we drove up, it still never had crossed my mind that he wasn't alive. I just presumed it was very bad. And that mile it took to drive from the church to the accident, you know, my mind was obviously racing, but it never once crossed my mind that he, um, that he wasn't going to be okay. And after we arrived there, the police officers ran up to meet me. And after they understood that I was his wife, they told me that he wasn't okay and that he wasn't alive. Hmm. Wow. I remember, uh, that day, um, getting a text. I was actually coming out of church 
I was in, I was in Charleston, South Carolina with my wife and I. And we, we actually visited the church that morning that almost like I would never do. I just, it just doesn't happen. I was down in the area. I said to my wife, let's go to this church. So we did. And we stayed a long time afterwards talking to some friends. And then I walked out and got in the truck and pulled out my cell phone. And it was a text from Aaron. And uh, wow, I was just, just overwhelmed and uh, did, you know, just to process it is so difficult. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously we were all stunned. I remember um, talking to Aaron about, um, you know, the, uh, a GoFundMe type mm -hmm. situation from that. And I know the Lord has provided some of your needs, mm -hmm. at least some of the basic things through that. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was now, how long has that been now? It's been a little over two years. Yep. Two mm -hmm. years. So help us walk through, if you don't mind, mm -hmm. just a little bit after that. I think um, when these kinds of things happen, actually nobody kind of knows what to say. Right. And sometimes words are not the things that need to be said. <laughs> it's just to, just the knowing that people care. Um, this is this week at Bob Jones is uh, our theme is in our Bible conference is the God of all comfort. And that's in part why you're here. So tell us, let's walk through just the God of all comfort mm -hmm. and kind of walk through, if you don't mind, just, you know, people have a tendency to say, what has the Lord taught you? And, and you hear that. And, and when you're in the middle of it, it's not, that's, it's not, it, it it's hard to even ask that question sometimes because yeah. it's, it's so deeper than that. Mm -hmm. So just kind of share your heart from that. Mm -hmm. I think in those first, those first moments, all, all my brain could produce was no. And I remember saying that over and over and over. Um, my sister and my brother-in-law were the only people there with me. Mm -hmm. And I just remember saying no over and over and over and rehearsing that as, um, my parents, after they got the call, were quickly quickly there. I think probably with just in, within ten or fifteen minutes. And I remember getting home and crawling up on my parents' steps and sitting up at the top of my parents' steps, thinking to myself, "I know God is in control, but I don't understand right now, and I don't understand how this can be good." But I I knew truth. I'm thankful that I was brought up in a family that taught me the truth, truths of God's word, but I, I suddenly had no idea how to connect it to my trial because for the first time in my life, what I was going through didn't make sense at all with who I knew God's character to be. And so in that confusion of knowing the right answers, but not knowing how to apply them sure. to my situation or knowing at all how to comfort my own heart through that. Um, I think that set me on a journey to specifically look for God's character through my circumstances, through being a brand new mom in general, and now a brand new single mom to trying to teach Asa now that he was fatherless and not knowing what I was going to do for, for a job or back on the road because in, in losing Matt, I presumed that I probably wouldn't go back on the road. I couldn't pull our trailer by myself and all of those unknown things. So trying to look for specific ways in which God's character would be proven to me mm. through this. And what I found 
was that in every way that Matt left a big tangible hole Mm. and anyone who misses someone or has lost someone understands those gaps that a person leaves. Matt being my husband, I mean, just the comfort of his presence, always there and traveling. We had the blessing of working shoulder to shoulder all day, every day with each other. And so I'm missing his presence. I was drawn to be reminded about God's presence that will always be with me. God's promise that he'll never leave me. So in a brand new way, maybe for the first time, I really understood God's presence or understood. I know that I'm going to be learning that for the rest of my life, but in a brand new way, understood God's presence and waking up in the middle of the night with still a very little baby boy who would scream and where before I would ask Matt to help, I would ask Matt what I should do, ask Matt for advice, and I didn't have that anymore. I was drawn to God's wisdom and to just plead God for wisdom to know what to do. So in, in all those ways in which I was tangibly missing Matt and who he was to me, I was now looking at God to fill those those roles and fill those holes in my life and I have been completely overwhelmed mm. every single time at how sufficient God's character has been through this. It hasn't erased the pain. No, I don't think that's no. the purpose. The God has used the intense pain and the grief to drive me closer to him. Mm. And for that, I'm very thankful. And, uh, of course I, you know, um, I mean, I knew you your senior year. It's not like we were best buds or anything. <laughs> I felt like we were. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm a new president and you're a, you're a graduating senior. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, in one way, you are the same person you were when you were here. And you obviously are not the same person. You yeah. Are. And I think the depth of the reality of who God is and your your being put in a unique position of just being laid out before God in complete and absolute dependence uh, is is you know unbelievable. Um, we our thing this week, uh, Carol Ann, as you know, has been the God of all comfort, and one of the things that God does when we are going through afflictions, which this is, and he gives us comfort. He doesn't, he's not just, uh, he, God uses the things. I even said this week, he exploits these things. He takes them Mm. and he uses them. Maybe, can you share just maybe some of the ways you feel like you've kind of been a little overwhelmed of how God has used it and you're, 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 you kind of marvel at it. Being here. (laughs) This prime example, but I think Aaron and Stephanie were so kind to let me to continue traveling, and I'm so thankful that God put me in a position that was, um, in a way, so very public through my grief. Right away, Matt passed away in December, and um, so just to be clear, mm-hmm. so you know, of course, one of the thoughts I had is, so what's Carol Ann going to do? I yeah. mean, you, you could go home, obviously. Your mm-hmm. parents would have taken you in. Sure. But you chose to continue to travel now for the last 
Another two and a half years. Two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so just to let the people know that. So that's that in itself is huge. So here you are in public and, and what? Yeah. I wanted any sense of normalcy mm-hmm. that I could have. Um, after missing Matt, I wanted to be with a schedule that I was familiar with. I wanted to be with people. And obviously being with family would have been familiar, but... Um, it was precious to me to be able to step back into what was familiar to me with Matt, to the people that were um, lived with me and Matt daily and were shouldering life with us. It was precious right. to be able to step back into that. And I'm so thankful, like I said, that Aaron and Stephanie let me continue to travel. I, I promise that I added no, no help to the job at all because I blubbered my way through every evening service and um, was a brand new single mom. So most of my mornings were, you know, with ASA instead of actually getting things done for coffee ministries. But nevertheless, they let me come back. And so to grieve in a public way in front of churches week after week after week, while in a sense very difficult and painful to have to be that raw and laid out in front of people, God knew that that was so good for me Mm. to be put in a position where I would have to sing truth to myself Mm. every single night. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't singing, I was listening to my best friends that were walking through the trial with me sing truth to themselves and to me. They were the same songs that I had sung with Matt just weeks prior, and I was now hearing them completely differently and was pleading for the grace to believe the truth that I was singing. So I think in, in getting to travel <clears throat> and experience God's comfort through the body of believers, mm. not just through a home church, but in church after church after church across the U.S., I cannot tell you the amount of people that told me they were praying for me, Man. that I had no connection to me otherwise than just hearing about me and it was so precious it is so precious to experience the body of christ come around and love on the hurting part of the body and i really believe that that has been a taste of what heaven is going to be like yeah and that sweetness of fellowship well it's uh uh we 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 know that in in part of course because my wife has gone through cancer a couple of times in, uh, as my wife said, after her first bout of cancer, she said, I always knew God loved me. She said, but it was getting cancer that I realized God really loves me. Hmm. And the love was expressed through his people. Mm -hmm. And that's the way God has chosen to do it. And suddenly there's this unique group of people on planet earth (laughs) who are God's children and they, they, they gather around you in a very unique way, and it really lifts you up. Yeah. And then suddenly, here you are. And, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about it briefly. Here you are telling your story at Bob Jones University. And I'm going to guess there were, you know, probably a thousand people there today, at least in that, your workshop. And, you, you know, your first thought is, why am I here? Yeah. And, <laughs> first oh, and second thought. <laughs> yes. And then the second thought is, 
it's because of God, mm-hmm. and it's because of what the Lord has done. Um, I know, I know, for all who have gone through deep trials, um, you're not minimi- you're not minimizing pain. That there is real pain, mm-hmm. and so it is a pain that you you have to bear even to this very hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Lord is with you, mm-hmm. and He comforts you. Well, um, before we finish up here, um, so tell me what's happening. <laughs> Obviously, time has not stood still. And, Correct. Uh, so over the last two years, um, like you said, I have continued to stay with the team. And I know one of those purposes was because around this time last year, God brought Mitchell back to the team. And I had no idea at the time that God placed him in my life so that he could be my husband. Um, I quickly just adored Mitchell when he joined in January, but kind of like a little brother. (laughs) He's four years younger than I am, and he jumped in to help with Asa and was so kind to ask me questions about Matt, and he would sit and listen, and he was so quick to be very gentle with his counsel and would consistently pray with me and pray for me. And I just watched, he is so gentle. He is so kind. I cannot express that enough about Mitchell. Um, But I had, like I said, zero idea that God was going to do anything with our friendship. And so this past summer, he stayed in touch while he was working at a Christian camp and ended up telling me that he was super interested and wanted to continue getting to know me with the purpose of seeing if God would have us be together. And so I initially said yes without actually thinking that God would do anything from that. I just kind of left it in God's hands. God will weed this one out because surely this one's not going to work out. And I, I didn't think that I was in a place where I wanted to open my heart up to love again and didn't think that I was ready for that. But after getting to know Mitchell more through our conversations on the weekends, man, I was overwhelmed at seeing God's graciousness through Mitchell and God's overwhelming love through Mitchell. And I think because I had experienced God's character through great loss and through all the holes, I, I saw it way more easily in, in a person. Right. And so, um, Mitchell asked me to marry him this last November and I said, yes. So we will be getting married on May 8th, May 8th this year. Well, um, God has provided beauty for ashes. Certainly and has. he's provided the oil of joy for mourning. And uh, I think all of us know that uh, we all know God is good in our head. Mm-hmm. We have to learn that God is good in our heart. Right. And um, we are thankful for uh, your testimony. We're thankful that you've come here and, and you have spoken and uh, we know that you've lifted up many hearts through your life, and, and that's exactly what God does. So thank you, Carol Ann. That's a privilege. Thank so you so much. So you're going to become Carol Ann Beck. Yeah. And uh, I know Mitchell pretty well. So I, I, uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, Mitchell, I said, Mitchell, how did, how did this work? And he just starts <laughs> laughing. And so we're excited for you, and we'll pray for you and, and you. Asa and Mitchell uh, as the Lord leads in your next steps of life. So thank you for the time here on Highest Potential. Thank you so much. Wow, 
Wow, what, a, what an awesome testimony. And I just want to thank Carol Ann uh, for what, what, she, what she shared out of her heart. It was a very powerful testimony to our entire student body, faculty, and staff. So, Max, the Lord has truly blessed her, blessed her life. I would agree, yeah. And I'm very excited, too, to be able to let other people outside of the campus as well listen in now, and I think they'll be encouraged. So, uh, Doc, there has been some rumors going around. Rumors at Bob Jones? The room, well, rumors about the podcast specifically. Ah, okay. Um, some people have listened to it, obviously, and they're hearing this m- melodic bluegrass in the background. Well, I wouldn't call it really bluegrass. I would just call it... Um, well, they're hearing some tangy music. Let's just say that. Tangy. I would call it heavenly more. Okay. They're, okay. they're hearing some heavenly tangy music. Okay. And they're asking, who's playing the mandolin? Well, yours truly, of course. Uh, that That's uh, one of the mandolins I, that, I, that I own. The guitar player is one of our students, Carson Aaron. Of mm-hmm. course, Carson and I play in a group here on campus. Uh, it's five students and one college president. It's called BJU Grass, and we play for lots of events. Fact is, this upcoming Friday night at the Lagos Theater, uh, we are playing uh, along with some other individuals, and we have a gentleman that's going to come and play with us, Mr. Andy Lefwich, who was a four-time Grammy Award winner as a fiddle player. And uh, you can get tickets online if you're interested, and it's going to be a great night. I guess if they want proof that you're playing in this background music, they're going to have to come see the show. They're going to have to come and see the show for sure. Well, I'm glad we settled those rumors, for now at least. And, uh, Doc, why don't you tell us, too, what's going on at Bob Jones as far as the sports uh, tournaments go. Yeah, coming up this weekend, February 27th and 28th, is going to be the NCCAA South Region Tournament that will be hosted here. And so this is uh, for our men and women. And, of course, we're looking forward to our teams. I think they're ranked, uh, at least the guys are ranked first in their region. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be the open door possibly to get one of these teams into the national tournament. So I want to encourage all of our students and friends to come out to uh, those events. Well, uh, thanks, Max, for coming to my office today, and we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Hey, it's been fun. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Highest Potential with Steve Pettit. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to follow BJU on social media at BJUEDU and Dr. Steve Pettit at at BJU President.